Welcome to the In Your Element Fertility Podcast. I'm Jennifer Edmonds. I'm a yoga teacher, Pilates instructor, meditation and breathwork coach. And for the last 15 years, I've been helping women on their journeys to motherhood and beyond. This is the podcast that blends both science and spirit with everything you need to know as you navigate your fertility journey. If you're looking for a way to support your physical health, your mental health, reduce anxiety and reclaim some joy back into your life to make the process of trying to conceive feel easier, then you've come to the right place. I'll show you how to apply the latest scientific research along with your energy and mindset to provide you with all the tools you need as you're trying to conceive. This is the In Your Element Fertility Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the In Your Element Fertility Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. So today, I want to go into something that's more the science-y side of the work that I do and how that helps if you're struggling with your fertility. And whilst I love a bit of woo and talking about all the, the spiritual sides of yoga and all, all of those juicy things... What I think really got me into yoga, especially as someone with an exercise science background, was there is a lot of research and science behind why it works. So today I want to talk to you about infertility and trauma and how these mind-body practices that we're able to do and all of these practices that I will share with you as this podcast goes on, how they really support both your body and your mental state as you're trying to conceive. So in case you missed the first episode where I spoke a little bit about my story and my journey, just to give you a quick, quick background. So for many years, I worked as a clinical Pilates instructor and I worked in a lot of studios where yoga was also a thing and there were classes offered. And I'd dabble in a yoga class every now and then, but I didn't really get it. You know, it all seemed kind of a bit woo and a bit dull. And I feel like we wasted heaps of time lying down and just sitting there and breathing. I was like, what is the point? Can we do some push-ups or something? But fast forward many, many years later, and I'd been struggling with my fertility for many years. I had gotten nowhere with medicated cycles, IVF. And a friend of mine who I used to work with suggested I try this thing called fertility yoga. And I rolled my eyes and thought she was crazy. And I was like, IVF didn't work for me. How is a bit of yoga going to help? But that's where my journey really got interesting. And I decided to give it a try because like so many women I know, I'd already tried a million things and nothing had worked. So what was one more? And when I noticed a few positive changes in my life, so you know, my my cycle started to balance my sleep improved. I had a more stable mood, less emotional reactions to seemingly insignificant things. I realized there was a lot more to it than I had ever given yoga credit for. And as someone who is very left-brained, very type A, and like I said, I come from more of that exercise science background, I wanted to know why. Why were these practices having such an impact on my body? And then I went into it a little bit deeper and I realized that yoga and meditation are used in a lot of clinical settings. They're used to treat depression, PTSD, and other mental health issues. And I wanted to know exactly how it benefits someone's overall health. And most importantly to me, 
how it benefited fertility. So it turns out there was a lot I didn't know. <laughs> so, you know, yoga and meditation are some of the only complementary or alternative therapies that have been studied extensively in the Western medical world. So there are actually piles of research to back up why they're so effective. So I went deep and I did as much research over the last few years as I possibly could. And the answers were amazing. So let's start off. We'll backtrack a little bit here. I want to talk a little bit about what exactly is trauma. So when we think about trauma, I find most of us will bring to mind, say, returning war veterans or victims of abuse or those who have been in accidents. And these are all examples of traumatic experiences, but trauma can come in many different forms. And know that if you've experienced infertility or pregnancy loss or recurrent loss, these are examples of trauma as well. So often on this journey, you know, the world around you minimizes these experiences and what we've been through. We're told, oh, you can just try again or just do IVF. And because of this, we tend to really discount what's happened. But it's important to recognize the depths of these experiences because unresolved trauma, it doesn't magically disappear once you see that positive pregnancy test and especially once you have your baby in your arms. We need to now talk about the nervous system. So how does this connect and relate to trauma and infertility? So your autonomic nervous system has one job, and it's a very big one. Its job is to keep you safe and ensure your survival at all times. Every moment of the day, your autonomic nervous system is looking for signs, safety or danger, safety, danger. It pours through the very vast catalog of experiences that you've had throughout your life as a reference point. So it's able to then assess, is it safe to cross the road here? Is this person safe to talk to? What happened last time we came into this room? And unfortunately, when you've been through traumatic experiences like infertility or pregnancy loss, your autonomic nervous system will start to work overtime. So it brings you into this heightened state of vigilance, you know, that heightened state of where stress hormones are flooding throughout your body. You're always on the lookout for danger. You're waiting for the other shoe to drop, even in really seemingly harmless situations. You're expecting the worst. You're not able to enjoy the present moment. And I find that It often becomes really hard to enjoy the little things or things that you used to really love doing. You overreact to small problems and you have trouble concentrating. You also might have trouble sleeping. That is a big one as well. You might deal with panic attacks and flashbacks. And this is also known as PTSD. So how does trauma affect fertility? So Look, ideally, when your autonomic nervous system senses danger in a perfect world, we would get ready to either run, fight or freeze or hide until the danger has passed. Now, to do this, your your brain will activate the sympathetic nervous system. So you might also know this as your fight or flight response. You know, we've all been in that state where our heart rate is increasing. We feel on edge. We feel uneasy. We can't sit still. Here, your cortisol levels are increasing, your adrenals are pumping out adrenaline, norepinephrine, and your body gets ready for action. But once the threat is gone, your brain should then be able to activate the parasympathetic nervous system. So that's like the antagonist. 
Here, your cortisol levels and your stress levels should drop and you should return to that state of calm. And your body then can continue all its regular functions that aren't essential for immediate survival. Now, this is crucial. These are things like critical thinking, your immune, your immune response, digestion, and of course, reproduction. So, you know, in any time of extreme stress, like you're about to be eaten by a lion, your brain goes, I don't really need to digest my food right now. I don't need to fight off a virus. I don't need to reproduce. All I need to do is survive. So all of the energy goes into survival. But the problem with having a constant stressor in your life, like infertility, is that now your brain's radar for danger is completely thrown off. It can't tell when the danger is past. It can't tell the difference between, okay, I'm pretty sure that lion over there is still hiding and about to come and eat me. And the difference between, I'm terrified that my next embryo transfer isn't going to work. So your brain doesn't know you're safe and it never switches off. So here's where we have trouble sleeping. We lose focus at work and within our relationships. We find it really hard to enjoy things that we previously loved doing. We withdraw, we go down the Google rabbit hole. All these things are just your brain's way of saying, I'm trying to keep you safe. So being in this constant state of fight or flight and having these stress hormones constantly flooding through your body, it has a huge impact on your overall health. Your immune system suffers and that's where inflammation levels can start to increase. Excess cortisol interrupts that delicate balance of hormones that are needed for ovulation and, of course, healthy implantation of a healthy embryo. And that is crucial, of course, when you're trying to conceive. Constant spikes of adrenaline mean that you overreact to minor inconveniences. So, for example, extreme anger at someone cutting you off in traffic, or it may look like bursting into tears at something really small or feeling overwhelmed by noise and light and touch. And if all of these things feel like a lot, it's because it is. You know, we were never meant to live in this prolonged state of fight or flight. The anxiety that comes with it, it is overwhelming. So where on earth do we start if we want to try and move out of this? So here's where the science of managing and healing from trauma starts to come into it. Moving into that feeling of safety, and it is all about safety. It starts with your physical body. So that extended period of stress, it can often result in this idea of unconscious numbing. So what happens is our brain will shut off the signals of our physical and our emotional needs. So it doesn't have to expend all that extra energy. So numbing can look like withdrawing from certain people and certain social situations. It may look like mindlessly scrolling on your phone or zoning out and watching TV for hours on end. It may look like burying yourself in work or maybe even comfort eating foods that don't make you feel so great afterwards. Trauma robs you of this feeling that you're in charge of yourself. And if you're not truly aware of what your body needs, if you can't read those signals, then you can't take care of it. But when you bring that awareness back into your physical body, when you pay attention to things like movement and physical tension, this is where things can start to shift. And this is crucial. So we need mindful movement. So mindful movement is being present in awareness 
while you're moving your body. And practices like yoga allow you to discover tension that you might have been holding onto for so long, you're not even aware of it anymore. And when that physical tension is released, the feelings and emotions that are associated with it can also start to let go. The nervous system will tighten up the nerves and the surrounding muscles in response to danger. So when you've been in a state of fight or flight for a long period of time, your body never gets that chance to relax completely. And I find with most of my students, you know, that will show up in tension around the shoulders, the hips, and around the spine and the lower back. And the practice of yoga brings your attention to all of these areas and other parts as well. And it can really show you the difference between how you felt, say, when you woke up that morning and how you felt after a 30-minute session where we focus on really gentle releases. But it's the consistency and the regularity of a movement practice that really starts to make the difference. So it could have been months and years of living in a dysregulated state, months and months of years of infertility. This is where your body needs time and it needs constant reminders to know that it's safe. And we can talk about these things all day long. You know, you and I can have a conversation and we can intellectualize about what we've been through and we can acknowledge it. We can be validated by those words, but our body doesn't hear what we're saying. Your body can't speak English. It can't speak the words that we're communicating with. It only responds physically. Let's move on to another part of yoga that I find truly fascinating when it comes to trauma and releasing some of these feelings and emotions that we've been to, and that is the significance of your breath. So we've all been in a situation where your autonomic nervous system is kicked into fight or flight. So as I was saying before, you know, your heart rate increases, you're breathing fast, you can't sit still, can't focus, your anxiety levels are skyrocketing. It's really hard to get out of this state when you feel so out of control, you know, and you feel like something's taken over your body. But there is one thing that you have complete control over, and that is your breath. And this is the most powerful tool your body needs in order to come into a state of regulation. You can't control so many of the autonomic responses in your body. So you know, you can't control digestion, we can't control reproduction. And, you know, we can't always control the responses that our our brain and our body have to perceived danger or perceived threats. But we can control our breath. And when you can recognize the signs of dysregulation, so when you can start to notice when you're in a state of fight or flight, you have the option to choose to change how you're breathing. Slower inhales, longer exhales, and repeat. Even just doing that once, you can hear my voice is softer, my words are slower. It makes such a difference. And just like movement, the more often you do this, the more often you can remind your brain that you're safe. And combining movement with breath amplifies this enormously. So the next thing I want to mention and you know, this is my favorite. And for someone who, you know, was an athlete growing up and loves exercise and loves movement, this was the hardest part of my practice. And that is meditation. But I'm going to say it. Meditation is magic. 
And I want you to think about meditation as a workout for your brain. So, you know, you you decide on going for a workout at the gym, you know, you've got your exercise plan, your class you're going to, you wouldn't go to that once and think, okay, I've done my workout. That's it for the rest of my life. You know, my body is good now, (laughs) but because we all know that's not how it works. We want to think about meditation as a workout for your brain. So when you work out a muscle at the gym, it changes, it grows and becomes stronger. And this happens more and more over time, as we all know. But the same thing happens when you work out an area of your brain. Now, you've got this area called the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex, and that's around the front of your brain. And this is the area that's involved with concentration, your ability to manage your emotions, your mental state, and experience feelings of happiness and joy. And we know that a lot of that gets lost when we're going through infertility and loss, and this is trauma. So when you work out this area of your brain, the capacity to access these things actually becomes easier. Now, meditation can come in many forms and look, no type is better than another. It's, it's really about finding what works best for you. But remember, the whole aim of meditation is presence. It's not about stopping your thoughts or clearing your mind, despite what a lot of us tend to think. It's about becoming completely aware of yourself in that moment. So when thoughts arise, when you become aware of them, when you're present to them, then you can let them go and you start to have that power over what's coming in and what's going out. So some people find this easier to do through a guided meditation, you know, sitting there with someone suggesting what to focus on and what to think about and when to focus on your breath and how to breathe. But a lot of other people prefer just to sit in silence. I particularly like a moving meditation. So this is where you focus on your breath and you just ask your body to move really gently in a way that feels in tune with this. And a lot of women really resonate with that. Meditation is really central to yoga. And as I mentioned before, it's in that moment of both stillness and movement that the focus is always about you and your body in that present moment. And that's where things can really start to change. Now, before we get towards the end of this episode, a way that I like to demonstrate the power of your mind is by telling a lot of my students about the power of the placebo effect. Now, you you may be aware of this. You may not know about it in great detail. I'm going to give you a really quick rundown of what it is. So, You know, when we think about all that our mind is capable of in terms of protecting you after facing a trauma, we can see how powerful it is, you know, for for months and years, decades after we've been through something traumatic, your brain is still trying to protect you. How powerful is that? But this means your brain is completely capable in other ways as well. So the placebo effect is best explained when you know, before a, a big pharmaceutical company can sell a new drug to the general public, they have to do really extensive studies and tests. And they do this through what we call a double blind study. So participants are separated into three groups. One group is a control group and they take nothing. The second group takes the drug and the third group takes a placebo. So that's a fake drug. But the participants don't know if they're taking the real drug or the fake one. And what studies have shown us time and time again is this. Those who take the placebo get better. 
people who think they are taking the medication start to heal. Their results always improve over the control group who didn't take anything at all. How else can you explain this other than acknowledging the power of your mind? I think this is just so fascinating. So know that you have the ability to change your thoughts and in turn change your actual physiology and change your response to situations. And again, that's where being able to practice this and getting into a regular practice, being consistent becomes so powerful. When you think you're getting better, you actually are. So to finish up, I want to talk about why this is so much more than just your fertility journey, why it's so much more than just a positive pregnancy test. The changes that occur in your brain that come as a result of ongoing stresses in our lives and traumatic events, they are far more reaching than we realize. And, you know, so many of us assume that once we get those two lines on the pregnancy test and, you know, once we get that baby in our arms, it will erase the years of struggle and what we went through in order to get there. But that is not how it works. And studies will show us time and time again that the brain physically changes with trauma. And as our brains try to ward off those scary situations, we also lose our capacity to feel fully alive and appreciate what we have. And this explains why so many of us lose a sense of purpose when we encounter infertility. We lose our direction, we question our abilities, you know, our capabilities, and we question our body at every turn. And I find that so many of us, we get into this place where we just miss who we used to be. And this just doesn't disappear once you've got your family. And I can speak to this from personal experience as well. Remember, trauma robs you of that feeling that you have control over your life. And our challenge while we're on this journey is to reestablish this, to rebuild that ownership that we have over our body and what happens to us. And trauma affects you completely. It affects your brain, your body, your mind, and it continues to defend against that threat that belongs in the past. It doesn't know that that isn't a threat that's right in front of you. And healing and moving forward means being able to find ways to interrupt this and that continued stress response. And we need to establish those feelings of safety. And all of the things that I I teach and that I practice and that I'm going to share with you more and more as this podcast goes on, you know, the beautiful practices of yoga and meditation and breath work, they're not a magic pill. And they're definitely not this quick fix that we would all love. I would love. But it's a really accessible and invaluable tool that's available to everyone. And I have seen it work miracles more times than I can count. So if you'd like to learn more, stay tuned or please feel free to get in contact with me through any of the ways that I've listed in the show notes. And I hope this episode has given you just some validation as to what you've been through and to know that it's big and to know that you're not alone. And all of these things that you're feeling that you you think you're crazy, they're normal. And I want to go into the the trauma piece in future episodes as well and how that shows up in other ways in your life because I think it's something isn't spoken about enough and it's incredibly important to recognize. So thank you so much for joining me for this episode and I hope to see you back here again soon. 
Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you loved what you heard, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review so I can keep all this information coming your way. If you aren't already following me on social media, check the links below in the show notes to join me for more daily tips to support your fertility journey. And don't forget to visit my website to learn more about how the beautiful practices of yoga, meditation, and breathwork can support you as you're trying to conceive. Until next time, sending you all my love.